accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. 
Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment. Good evening. Good to see you this evening. Welcome to Victory Christian Fellowship and our Wednesday Wednesday night refreshing service. So good to have you here. And if you're watching online, we just welcome you. God's got some great things in store for us. Amen. God's always good and faithful. He always shows up in great and wonderful ways. And he's interested in you. He's interested in lifting you up and touching you and filling you up, healing your body and making sure you're on the right path. Hallelujah. 
Oh, Father, we are so grateful and thankful that we have a God like you, a loving Father, a kind and faithful servant, Lord. We just bless you and praise you tonight, and we give you thanks and praise for your awesome, wonderful presence in this place. And Lord, do what only you can do. We trust you, we acknowledge you, and lead God and direct us in the way we should go. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship the Lord together.
Bless your holy and wonderful name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, we bless you, Lord. You are a great God. Worthy of our trust. Worthy of our praise. Full of life, life giving. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, come on. We, let's get excited about the Lord. Let's get excited about what He's done and who He is. Hallelujah. <laughs> thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's believe that. Whatever he says, it's done. It already is. It can't be changed. Can't be undone. Hallelujah. Lord, we put our faith in your word. Your word holds us up. It sustains us. Glory to your holy name. We, we thank you so much, Lord, that you're here with us tonight. Your presence is here manifested in our midst. And Lord, you're going to do great and mighty things in us, through us, and to us. And we thank you, Lord, that you speak to us. Hear my words and listen to me, for I will show you a better way, a way of life, a way of strength, a way of success, a way to overcome, a way to outsmart the enemy every time. Take heed to my words. It is your light in the path of life. It is your light to help you navigate through the darkness to get you where I've destined you to be. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. You may be seated. Glory to God. We are so glad that you're here on this Wednesday night. Hallelujah. Take it in. Take it all in. You don't have to hold back from receiving. God's given, but we don't have to hold back from receiving. Just, just want to let you know of a few things. Um, next, on Saturday the 21st, uh, the Air Force is going to be at a craft show. It's at the Memorial Park, or what used to be... Uh, 
uh, Fireman's Park there right off of uh, Grant Street in Palmyra. Uh, they're going to be there from 9 to 3, and uh, Devon and Abby will be uh, leading some music there at 10, right? So uh, you can come and check that out. It'll be a great time. Also, I want to let you know we have another uh, author uh, in our midst, uh, Pastor Nelson. He wrote a book called Walking Through the Storm of Poverty, Experiencing God's Goodness. So uh, Pastor Fiona and I, we have books. Uh, Melissa has a book. Nelson has two books now. This is his one solo, and uh, he authored one with me. And we are so just delighted in what God is doing. Amen. Amen. Hi, authors are coming out of Palmyra, glory to God, to feed the body of Christ. Amen. And, uh, you know, if you're hungry and you're thirsty for righteousness, you know, God will fill you up. And uh, also uh, want to let you know, um, the end of May, for all the men, we're going to have a special, we have a Barnabas breakfast. We call it a breakfast of encouragement. But in May, we're going to have a special breakfast called a breakthrough breakfast. And uh, this is for guys uh, 12 and up. Uh, we're going to start on, this will be on May 28th at 8.15 a.m. And uh, it's going to be an extra special breakfast. So, uh, guys, if you need a breakthrough in life, uh, this is your opportunity to uh, receive a breakthrough. Amen? And uh, I, want you, I want all the guys to, there's some postcards by our offering container. I want you to take some of them and invite some other guys for this event. Uh, it's the end of May, so you got a couple weeks yet before it happens. But, uh, you know, um, the, the word of mouth is the greatest way to advertise, right? So uh, go ahead and take that. And uh, then we have, um, hallelujah, our bookstore is going to be going worldwide. Um, Shopify is a platform that you can do um, uh, sell merchandise. And uh, they take care of uh, different kinds of things. And uh, there's a fee there of $35 a month. And if you'd like to participate in that, uh, it'd be a blessing for us. If you want to sponsor a month, uh, it'd be a $35. And you could do that. Just, just uh, mark it if you want to uh, sponsor designated Shopify or store, whatever is easier. Right? And uh, praise the Lord. So, uh, you know what? Every time we get together, we not only have the ability to receive, but we have the opportunity to give. Amen? Giving is important to believers. Hallelujah. It's important to God because God takes your seed and uh, he multiplies it and gives it back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. He'll cause men to give into your bosom. Everybody, if you, if you can, just put your stuff like this. This is what it means to give into your bosom. Like, you, they used to have aprons. You, you pull your apron out, you can, you can hold a lot more in an apron than you can in your hands. And that's what he's talking about. Amen? So, tonight you can give anytime during the service. If you're watching online, you can give through our website. Amen? And uh, it's exciting to give. Amen? God, God has a proven track record of great returns. And Father, I, I just give you thanks and praise that the blessing of the Lord, it makes uh, your people rich, Lord, and you add no sorrow with it. And I thank you for the givers and, and their gifts tonight, Lord, as they invest in the kingdom of God. 
And Lord, you give them a great return. You cause them to be blessed, prosperous, provided for, and protected in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, do we have some kids in this place? All right. The kids are with us tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Tomorrow we're having our last our, our event for Bible Adventure. We're having our Bible Adventure picnic. It's going to be a great time. And uh, hallelujah. Well, you ready for the word tonight? Okay, that's a couple people. I mean, you did come to a church tonight, right? And not just any church, but you came to a church that uh, teaches and preaches the word and honors and reverences the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, we need both the Word and the Spirit. And uh, God wants to take you on in a deeper walk tonight. He is, he is calling us tonight to come closer to Him. You know, Jesus doesn't make anybody follow Him. He just says, follow me. And He leaves that choice up to you. And anybody that wants to follow Him, you can get as close to Him as you need to be. Amen? Amen. So tonight we're going to minister on a deeper walk as the Holy Spirit leads, guides, and directs. Glory to God. You know, God is into relationships. And uh, what man messed up, Jesus had to come out of heaven to do a do-over. Right? I mean, think about it. God had to put on a flesh suit to correct his mistakes that man did. And so he came as a man to the earth so that we could have a do-over. And we could get reconnected to the Father. Aren't you glad what Jesus did? He did it. He did it. He finished it. Amen. It's finished. It's a done deal. Hallelujah. And now we, we have access to all of heaven's benefits. All of heaven's goodness. We have access to his power, to his name, to his grace, to his favor. And, and the currency of heaven is faith. How many got some faith tonight? Amen. You, you, you've got a, a, a believing God uh, in your heart tonight. Amen. And, and your faith is growing, right? Paul told Thessalonians, he said, thank God that my faith grows exceedingly. How many got some exceedingly growing faith tonight? You're taking on bigger things. You're taking on greater things. Amen. Listen, our faith is not designed to, we're not supposed to walk around in diapers forever. I'm glad I don't have to change diapers anymore. My boys have grown up. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, I want you to turn with me to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. And we're going to see two incredibly powerful words that Jesus spoke. And these two words will change your life. These two words will put you on the right path. These two words will connect you with unlimited blessing. Amen? And in John chapter 1, verse 43, The day following Jesus 
would go forth into Galilee. And he found Philip and said unto him these two words, follow me, follow me. You know, Jesus found you. You may have not realized that he was looking for you, but he found you. Amen. He knew where you were and he called you out and he gave you an invitation to enter into a relationship with him. And you answered the call. You RSVP'd. And you said, Jesus, come into my heart. Be Lord over my life. And you are now in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And uh, the Amplified says this. Follow me as my disciple. Accepting me as your master and teacher. Walking the same path of life that I walk. How many want to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior? How many accept him as master? That means you run every major decision by him. You find out what he wants. Doesn't matter what you want or what you feel. It's what he wants that matters. Right? His will now becomes the first and foremost thing in your life. It becomes the most important thing. So there are levels of following God. You can just accompany him to see what happens. You know, there were a lot of people that just followed Jesus just to see what was happening. Right? Because there were a lot of people who were touching him when the woman with the issue of blood came to him and, and she, she made a faith withdrawal that day. And, and Jesus said, who touched me? But there were lots of people touching him. They were just there to see what was happening. But one got close enough to withdraw some power from him. The woman with the issue of blood in her weakened state. So are you just someone who just is accompanying the Lord to see what will happen? Or do you have a desire to go a little bit further? To be a disciple. That means a believer. That means a supporter, a devotee, a, a devotee, right? A pupil, a student, and a learner. How many learners do we have in here today? Man, you're, you're ever growing in the knowledge of God. God never wants us to get to a, a, a point where we stop growing in the knowledge of God. There's always more things in the Bible, in the Word, in the kingdom to find out. Amen. Because revelation is a progressive thing. And then there are those who accept him as master. They make him Lord of their life. And they submit their life to him. They submit their dreams to him. They submit their desires to him. He is master. He is teacher. He has the final say of where I go and what I do and all these things. He's Lord. He's Adonai. Right? That's, that's certainly a deeper walk. And then there, there's the deepest walk that you can have, and that's walk the same path that he walks. To be holy like he's holy. To walk in his righteousness. How about to walk in his freedom? Jesus was free from, I mean, he wasn't intimidated one shape, way or another. He was free. Amen? 
We got to follow him in his freedom. Follow him in, in, you know, everybody likes to follow Jesus except when he goes where you don't want to go. Let's go through the wilderness. I don't want to go there. Yeah, but he did. See, when, when you commit your life to, to go the same path that he goes, you go wherever he goes. You don't ma- it doesn't matter what the scenery is. Right? You got to go where he goes. Because when you're walking with him, nothing's going to hurt you. Nothing's going to get you down. Amen. You're walking with him. You know, yeah, he may lead you to a wilderness, but you're going to go through it together. I mean, didn't Jesus visit a wilderness for 40 days? Yeah. See, we got to be willing to go where he goes. To do what he does. To say what he says. We got to walk the path that he walked. Charles Spurgeon said this. Keep your eyes simply on him. Let his death, his sufferings, his merits, his glories, his intercession be fresh upon your mind. When you wake up in the morning, look to him. When you lie down at night, look to him. Oh, let not your hopes or or fears come between you and him. Follow hard after him. He will never fail you. I want us to follow hard after Jesus. Okay, I'm going to go to the cross. Well, I don't want to go to the cross. Well, you're going to have to go to the cross. Jesus went to the cross. See, it's good following Jesus until he goes where you don't want to go. Oh, yeah, I'll follow you up to a point. No. You can't follow the Lord up to a point. You got to follow him all the way. What are you going to do? Just tear pieces of the Bible out of the, out of the book? I believe this, but I don't believe that. No, you got to believe everything that's in there because everything is the inspired word of God. This is God talking. The Bible is God talking to you. This is God's words that came out of his mouth that men uh, penned. Men weren't the author. The Holy Ghost is the author. They just, they were just the transcribers. They were just writing down what he told them to write down. But this word is true, valid. It's, it's more, it's the most important thing. Amen? So this word that's used in John 143, the word follow, it's the Greek word that I'm not even going to try to pronounce. Akalotheo. It means to accompany, to attend, to follow. How many attend to Jesus? When he speaks, does he have your attention? You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 4, attend to his word. Incline your ear to my saying. All right? This word. So how closely are we following God? How, are we following him in our career? Did we choose our career or did he choose our career? Mm, you're messing with my life now, Pastor. How about in our family? Are we following him in our family? Do you realize no one has more kids than God? 
And he's dealt with every kind of family problem you could ever imagine. And guess what? He overcame them. Amen? Are we following God to church? You know, Jesus went to church. Oh, come on. Yeah. Jesus went to church often, as his custom was. He went to church. We got to follow him to church. Amen? Hallelujah. Do we follow him in giving? Do we follow God in giving? He gave us his very best. Didn't hold back. Do we follow God in giving? Are we, are we tithing? You know, 8% is not a tithe. A tithe is 10%. Anything beyond a tithe is an offering. Right? Are we following him in forgiving? Are we, are we forgiving others as he forgave us? You know, he forgave us. He forgives you. Do you realize God's not holding anything against you? He, he put it under the blood. He nailed it to the cross. Once he nailed it to the cross, he, he doesn't worry, he doesn't, he's not, he doesn't, he doesn't concern himself with it anymore. He nailed it to the cross. Are we forgiving him like he forgave us? Because to follow the Lord means you got to do what he did. You got to say what he said. You got to live how he lived. Mm-mm-mm. Are we following him in serving? Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. How, how are we giving our lives? That's part of following Jesus. When he said, follow me, he meant to get so close to him that you can hear what he says. You can see what he does. He does it in the open. He doesn't do it in hiding. He did it publicly. He performed miracles. He didn't do it in secret. He did it out in the open. He said, here I am. How about, are we following the Lord and relating to people? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and love your neighbor as your, who's my neighbor? Not the person next door to you. No, they are your neighbor too, but it's everybody. Look around right here. This is a neighborhood gathering right here. Our neighbors are gathering right here. Are we loving, are we loving, are we relating to people like Jesus relates to people? That's what it means to follow him. Told you these two words are the most powerful words. Follow me. Notice he didn't say, he said, follow me. Why? He's the living word. He's the perfect example. Oh my goodness. Are we following him in sacrifice? How did Jesus approach the sacrifice of the cross? Do you realize when he approached the cross, he didn't bite one nail? He wasn't nervous. He wasn't anxious. He was joyful. It pleased him. Amen? Are we following him in pleasing the Father? Jesus said, everything I do, I do to please the Father. Are we following him in pleasing the Father? Are we, are we doing things that please the Father? Or are we displeasing him? Just giving you some food for thought. Are we, are we following him in obedience? Did Jesus ever communicate his own opinion? 
No, because he said, everything I say, I hear the Father say. Everything I do, I see the Father do. He was the perfect representation of the Father. Are we following him in obedience? Mm-mm-mm. I thought this was going to be refreshing. Oh, yeah, the water's coming. Amen? I'm just pouring a little bit of peroxide to clean out the wounds. But I'm going to bandage you up good. Amen? Jesus. Oh, yeah. Are we doing what Jesus does from a distance on a part-time basis, only visiting him once in a while, or are you closely following him? We don't got any part-time believers here, do we? I'm a believer on Wednesday and Sunday. Right? But the other days, they don't really count, do they? You know, a part-time worker doesn't show up for work every day. They're part-time. You know, part-timers don't really have the benefits of the full-timers. Isn't that true? So don't be a part-time believer. Be a full-time believer. Amen? Hallelujah. Or are you closely following him, doing what he does, saying what he says, imitating him? You know, in order to imitate someone, you can't do it from a distance. You've got to be able to see what they're doing, and you've got to be able to hear what they're saying. So you've got to get close to him. When Jesus said, follow me, you and him, Jesus, you, together, right here. That's what, that's what it is. And he might even be a little bit ahead of you. That's okay, because you need to be behind him. Be careful that you're not leading him. We are not qualified to lead Jesus. Jesus is only qualified to lead us. There's only one good shepherd. We're sheep, amen? Sheep follow the shepherd, not the other way around. Do you do what the Lord says generally or specifically? Well, in a general sense. Or in a specific sense. God said what he meant, and he meant what he said. We don't need to add things to, you know. Jesus never said, follow me if you feel like it. He just said, follow me. Irregardless of what your feelings say, irregardless of what the scenery is, you follow me. Keep your eyes on me, is what Jesus said. Keep your eyes on me. Keep me in the focus. Follow me. Whoo. Follow me. Hallelujah. There are two ways that Jesus leads followers. Number one, he leads by example. All right? Jesus leads by example. He said, follow me. All right? What that means is walk with me, look to me, listen to me, do what I do. His his actions and his words are meant to be duplicatable, if that's even a word. Right? Do you realize Jesus has no copyright? You can, you can do what, you can copy what he said. You can copy what he did. Hallelujah. 
He's not going to take you to court. He expects you to do it. He, he expects you to copy what he said. You got a master? Yeah, the master is the, is the original recording, and then there's the copy. We're the copies, he's the master. We got to copy the master. If you got a good copier, you're just like the master. You're not going to be above the master, but you can be like him. These things that I do, you'll do also. That's what Jesus said. But he's talking to followers. So he leads by example. He left a great example in his word. Hebrews 12, 2. Looking from all that will distract and focusing our eyes on Jesus, who's the author and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, disregarding the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Hallelujah. Looking unto him. Everybody say, looking to him. Why? Because he's the example. Ephesians 5 says, imitate God as dear children. We're supposed to imitate God. Amen? Do you realize children do that normally? You just put a child in a home, they're going to imitate their parents. They're going to act. Have you ever seen a, a little boy put on his father's shoes? Amen? Or a little girl put on their mama's dress or whatever? Or getting into the makeup? <laughs> Amen? Why? What are they doing? They're imitating. God wants us to imitate him. So he leads two ways. Number one, by example. Number two, by instruction. He leads by example, and he leads by instruction. He gives us his word, and he gives us the Holy Spirit, the teacher. Amen? Do you realize in the class of God, there's only one book. It's called the B-I-B-L-E. Amen? That's the encyclopedia of all that God is, all that God wants you to have. Hallelujah. The Bible is our encyclopedia of life. Amen? So God leads by example, but then he leads by instruction. He says, go do this. Be there. God gives commands and a teacher who instructs us, guides us, leads us, and brings us into all truth. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. So the instruction comes from the word and the spirit, and the spirit is our teacher. Amen? I want you to know experience is not your teacher. Although you can learn some things from experience, the Holy Spirit is your teacher. Let's get, it, let's get the perspective right. Okay? Experience can help you a little bit, but the Holy Spirit can help you understand. Amen? Deuteronomy 6.1. Now this is the command, the statutes and the judgments, which the Lord your God has commanded me to teach you. Aren't you glad that God commanded some people to teach some people some things? They're specific things. His commandments, judgments, and statutes. Okay? So that you might follow and obey them in the land which you are crossing over the Jordan to possess, so that you and your son and your grandson... God's a generational God. He wants generations to follow him. Notice what it said. You, your son, your grandson. Three generations. And if, if one generation isn't following him, then the other generations won't. Yeah. 
But now that could be different a little bit because in the book of the Kings, there were good kings and bad sons and bad kings and good sons. Right? But God wants generations. Amen? He, he wants parents to follow him. He wants grandparents to follow him. And he wants grandkids to follow him. Okay? That you may fear and worship the Lord your God and to keep all his statutes and commandments which I am commanding you all the days of your life. How many days? All the days of your life. Following him is a lifelong journey. You've got to be in it for the long haul. It's not a sprint. It's not a flash in the pan. It's an every day getting up, looking to Jesus, following him, listening to Jesus, doing what he says. Amen? And then he says in verse 3, Therefore listen, O Israel, and be careful to do them, that it may go well with you. How many want it to go well with you? Then do what he said. How do I find what he said? It's in the word. Amen? So Jesus leads by example and by instruction. Okay? All right, go with me to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. And let's look at a couple examples of where Jesus said to follow me. Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. As Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he noticed two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. He said to them, what did he say to them? Follow me. Right? He didn't actually expect them to follow him right then, did he? Oh, yeah, he sure did. Do you realize God God speaks for a reason? He actually expects us to do what he says the moment he says it. Otherwise, he would be silent. His word has commanding authority. Okay? So he said, follow me, be my disciples, accept me, accept me as your master and teacher, walking the same path of life that I will, and I will make you fishers of man. I want you to notice that statement we're going to get to in just a second. Okay? See, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Notice verse 20. Immediately they left their nets and what? Followed him. They're responding to him. Okay? 21, going a little further, he noticed two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets. He called them to follow him as his disciples. And what did they do? Immediately, they left the boat and their father. They left the father in the boat. Zebedee's going, what are, what are you guys doing? I got all these nets to mend. The master calls. Whatever the master says takes precedent over everything else. Come on. Whatever the master says takes precedent over everything else. Whatever the master says now becomes the pressing thing. Notice Jesus didn't take a poll. He didn't ask them how they felt about it. 
He just gave them an invitation. He gave them an opportunity and he left them up to respond to it. Okay? And they left Zebedee in the boat. So it's just, sorry, Dad, the nets are yours. Okay? And uh, here's the thing. Attachment is the thing that hinders people from following the Lord. There are things that you get attached to. They have a pull on you. They have a hold on you. And whatever you're attached to, if you can't let it go, it's going to prevent you from following the Lord. Attachment. Be careful what you attach yourself to. Oh, I can't leave this house. Really? Okay. I want you to go to Africa. I want you to sell your house and go, oh, I can't leave this house. I worked all, all my life for this. Well, you, you, I've never seen a hearse pulling a house. What are you going to do with the house when you're gone? Amen? Oh, I can't do what you said to God. I'm, I'm too attached to this job. Oh. See, whatever you're attached to, it could prevent you from following the Lord. You know what? We got to detach ourselves from things. Amen? Listen, don't let anything grip you so hard of this life that it prevents you from the next life or from eternal life. It's like the one guy. I have, I have these barns. But my barns are full. So what am I going to do? I'm going to build bigger barns. Oh, yeah? Your soul is required of you. He wasn't giving to anybody. He was just pumping up himself. Amen? Listen, it's okay to have things. Say, it's okay to have things. Just don't get so attached to them where you can't let them go if God asks you to. What if Abraham was attached to Isaac where he couldn't let him go? He'd have missed out on the greatest blessing that he ever was offered. Amen? And, and he, he believed God for 25 years for Isaac. But yet, he wasn't so attached to Isaac where he couldn't give it to God. Because Abraham knew, whatever I give to God, God's going to give me so much more. Say that with me. Say, whatever I give to God... God will give me so much more. Oh, come on. Hallelujah. That's good news. Whew. See, if you're attached to someone or something which has a greater pull on you, it'll prevent you from serving the Lord like you need to. Jesus was telling these Disciples, leave your ordinary employment and become my constant attendant. Amen. That's what it means to follow, to attend to, to minister to. Amen. That's what it means. Hallelujah. See, what, what you become is determined by what you follow. If you follow the world, you're going to be like the world. If you follow wickedness, you're going to be wicked. But if you follow Jesus, you're going to be like Jesus. All right? So what you become is determined by what you follow. Your greatness is revealed by following Jesus. 
Notice Jesus said, come follow me and I will make you. He, he made them something different. He made them what they weren't. He made them their true destiny, what he designed them to do from birth. Yeah, they were fishermen, but God took their fishing skills. He said, I'm going to retool you. But in order to re- get retooled, you got to follow me. And once you follow me, you're going to be equipped to do what I've called you to do. Because you're going to learn from the master. And they learned how to fish for men. They were still fishing, but they were catching something different. Hallelujah. Jesus invited fishermen to follow him, and he promised them that they would become something different. Fishers of men. Jesus will lead you into the perfect change. Hallelujah. It was a seamless transition for the Apostle Paul to go from persecuting to preaching and church planting. It only took three days. Three days. He had scales on his eyes for three days. But once those scales came off, Ananias laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul laid his hands on him and the scales fell off. He got baptized. He got filled with the Holy Spirit. And from that moment on, he was preaching because he was retooled. He was following something. He wasn't following religion. He was following the master. There's a difference. You follow religion, you'll get into bondage. Jesus said, the blind... Follow the blind and they both fall in the ditch. It matters who you follow. It matters what you follow. And the disciples gave an immediate response to Jesus' invitation. They followed quickly and closely. They followed quickly and closely. They trusted him and learned from him. God requires a response. God requires a response. Isn't that faith? Faith is an action word. Hallelujah. Following Jesus provided the fishermen everything they needed to retool their lives. They didn't need any other thing other than to follow him. And in following him, their greatness was revealed. Hallelujah. They became what God called them to be. All the information they needed, they received from following Jesus. What's all the information you're going to need? It's going to come from Jesus. Amen? It's going to come from his word or his spirit. It's going to come from his, his example or his instruction. Everything you need. You believe that everything you need is in the Bible? Yeah. It is. Amen. Everything you need, want, and desire, it's in there. Yeah. It's like Prego. I don't know if you remember the Prego commercial. Does it, does it have onions in there? It's in there. Does it have garlic? It's in there. Does it have oregano? It's in there. Amen? The Bible, it's in there. Everything you need, want, desire for success in life. God told Joshua, the only thing you need to know is let the word, speak the word out of your mouth and uh, observe it to do it and you will have, make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. That was the only equipment that Joshua needed to lead the nation to possess the land and distribute the inheritance. 
All he had to do was look to Jesus to win every battle, to defeat every foe, to take over. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now go to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. Hallelujah. I just want to say this about the disciples. They saw it, they heard it, and they lived it. And do you realize when Jesus was gone, who duplicated his work? The ones that followed him. They carried on the work when he went to heaven. They raised the dead. They cast out devils. Amen. They healed the sick. Glory to God. The followers carried on the work of the master because they followed him. Matthew chapter 8, verse 18. Now when Jesus saw a crowd around him, he gave orders to cast off for the other side of the Sea of Galilee. So he, they were in a boat. Okay? And the crowd was coming around him, and he said, okay, let's, let's get ready to, we're gonna get ready to sail. Alright? Then, he, on his way to the boat, Jesus is going to get on the boat. Okay? A scribe came up to him, he said, Master, I will accompany you wherever you go. Alright? Now, scribes, weren't necessarily known for following Jesus. A lot of scribes were trying to trip up Jesus. Okay? But, hey, this scribe, he comes to Jesus. I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus let him know where he's going to go. I want you to notice something. Jesus replied, foxes have holes and the birds have of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Does that mean Jesus never owned a house? It does not mean that he never owned a house because he had a house in Capernaum. Okay? Because the Bible says in the Gospels that he moved his headquarters from Nazareth to Capernaum. All right? But Jesus was a traveling minister. He, even though he had a house, he didn't set up camp in his house. He did not sit at his house and enjoy coffee on the back porch watching the sunset every day. He had a mission and he had a mandate to seek and save that which was lost. So he was going from town to town, village to village. He was traveling. And how, how many's ever traveled a lot? How many know that there's no place like your own bed? I mean, you could travel the world, you could sit in the bed, but if there's just something about your own bed. When you get done traveling, you get in your own bed and you're like, oh, hallelujah. I don't know what it is, but there's just something about your own bed. So what Jesus was saying is, that, yeah, I'm going to be, I'm going to spend time traveling. I'm not going to have a place to lay my head because Jesus didn't know where he was going to be going day after day. Right. So guess what? The Bible doesn't say it, but the scribe didn't get on the boat. When he, when he heard that statement, he didn't get on the boat. Then another of his disciples, verse 21, said to him, Lord, let me first go bury my father and collect my inheritance. I thought about this. If his father was dead, what's he doing there? No, think about it. If he has to go bury his father, where's his father? Laying somewhere? He's, 
he's there on the shore. It must have not been so urgent. All of a sudden, well, let me go bury my father. I mean, you know, the body can only be dead for so long before you got to bury it. Amen. Isn't that right? If, if that was the case, what's he doing there? Just a question. So Jesus said, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. And notice verse 23. When he, who is he, does he have a capital H? Okay, so it's talking about Jesus. He got into the boat. His disciples followed him. Where were his disciples? In the boat. If they were true disciples, if Jesus said, get in the boat, what you're going to do as a true disciple? You're going to get in the boat. Right? It didn't say those other guys got in the boat. Okay? Why? Because, you know, Jesus had a way of knowing what was really in your heart. See, the scribe, oh yeah, I'll follow you, Jesus, as long as it's comfortable. What if Jesus leads you into uncomfort? Or out of your comfort zone. You know, people in the body of Christ get too comfortable. And then when the Holy Ghost moves, oh, that's out of my comfort zone. I don't want to move that way. I don't want to do that. I don't want to laugh like they laugh. I don't want to dance like they dance. I don't want to shout like they shout. That's out of my comfort zone. Maybe you need to get out of your comfort zone. Maybe you've been too comfortable. Where did Jesus say, I promise you comfort? He he gave us a comforter. The Holy Ghost. He can comfort you wherever you are. I'm, I'm, Jacob slept on a rock as a pillow. How much comfort do you need for that? And on a, while he was sleeping on a rock, he had an encounter with heaven. Did you know the angels didn't ask Jacob how comfortable he was? God didn't stand at the top of the ladder and say, Jacob, are you comfortable to be able to handle this? He didn't matter how comfortable he was. Comfortable. My goodness. Hallelujah. All right, go to Matthew 10. I'm almost done. Notice I said almost. Matthew 10. How worthy of a follower do you think you'd be? Matthew 10:37 The master is talking here and Jesus said, "He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me." Does that mean we shouldn't love our father and mother? No. It just means What's your priority? What's first in your life? Who's talking here? Jesus. Do you think he knows what he's talking about? Did Jesus leave Father? Oh, yeah, he did. He left heaven and came to earth. Right? Okay. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Verse 38, he who does not take his cross 
and follow me is not worthy of me. Everybody say a cross. Is he meaning taking a little cross? Maybe. Because Jesus did take his cross, didn't he? Who else was crucified? You know, Peter was crucified on a cross, and he said, I want to be crucified upside down so I'm not like my Lord. So they crucified Peter upside down. And another disciple was crucified on on an X. Uh, It was, I forget his name, but they crucified him on an X, right? Which made it more painful, and he preached for two days before he gave up his life. While he's, while he's on the X, he's preaching to the people who put him on the X. He spent his last breath preaching the gospel. He looked forward to being crucified with joy. Let me tell you something, Saint. What happens if you die? Come on, what? We go to heaven. Is that so bad? So why do we fear death? I mean, if I'm following Jesus and I die, I get promoted. Amen? Paul said, I'm in a straight betwixt two, to go to heaven or to help you. That's a paraphrase, right? I guess he saw, he said, I'm going to stick around for a while and help you. But how many know? He knew it was greater to go. All right? I mean, I'm, I'm not planning on dying, but I'm, all I'm saying is my point is I'm not afraid of death. If I'm following Jesus and I become a martyr, I'm not afraid of that. Amen. Death lost its thing for me when I got born again. Hallelujah. I don't fear death. Death is an enemy. It's going to be the last enemy that gets conquered. Amen. And besides, my Lord and Savior already went to hell. He got the keys to death, hell, and the grave. He conquered the one who had power over the death. That is the devil. Why should I be afraid of death when my Savior rose from the dead? That deserved a greater shout. Commitment to Jesus takes precedent over all of the commitments. Amen? You don't, want to get, you don't want to get your soul tied up where it messes your walk with the Lord. If you're going to get messed up, it's going to be messed up in your soul. All right? All right. One more scripture and a couple more statements, just maybe two minutes. Who give me two minutes? All right, two, four, six, eight. No, just kidding, just kidding. Just kidding. All right, go to John chapter 8. John, I mean, John 10. John 10. This is important. John 10, verse 25. Jesus answered them, I have told you so, yet you do not believe. So here the word is communicating to them, but they don't believe it. Okay, this group of people. The works that I do in my Father's name testify concerning me, but you do not believe me. Why? Because you are not my sheep. There are sheep that belong to the Lord, and there are sheep that do not belong to him. Jesus said, you're not my sheep. Why aren't they his sheep? Because they don't do what he says. 
If you're a sheep of Jesus, you do what he says. If you don't do what he says, you're not a sheep. Very simple. Okay? Verse 27. The sheep that are my own hear my voice, listen to me, I know them, and they what? They follow me. They follow me. And I give them eternal life. Woo, what a reward. I give them eternal life, and they will never, ever perish. No one will ever snatch them out of my hand. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, we have to follow him. We have to follow him in a personal relationship. We have to follow his mission and his mandate. When you got born again, you became part of a family business called preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. So we follow his mission and his mandate. We got to follow his lifestyle. Be holy for I am holy. That's what first Peter wrote. We got to follow his righteousness and his holiness. We got to follow him into the gifts he gives. We got to follow him into eternal life. Follow him in favor. How many want the favor of God? The Bible says Jesus grew in favor with God and man. So we got to follow him in favor. Amen? We got to follow him in grace and salvation. Follow him in a baptism of water and fire. John said, I baptize you with water, but one who's greater than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to unloose, he'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Jesus was baptized in water and with the Spirit. He was baptized in water and the Spirit of God descended on him. Amen? And he also gives us spiritual gifts. Right? So we got to follow Jesus. Amen? Amen. Say, I'm going to follow him. So the two most powerful words that will change your life is follow me. And how you respond to those words and what you do When you hear those words, the action that you take, when you hear those words, are going to determine where you end up. Amen? And you become become what you follow. Amen? Oh, I want to be a Jesus follower. Man, there's a little Jesus there. There's a little Jesus there. There's a little Jesus there. Hallelujah. Amen? Maybe, no, not maybe. I believe that there's some people here tonight that you need to follow Jesus in the fullness. He wants to make you full. When you get born again, that's great because your name gets written in the Lamb's Book of Life, right? You become a member of God's household, of God's family. You get into his kingdom. You, you transfer from the kingdom of darkness. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you transferred from out of darkness and into light? But, but all you got to do is be born again to receive the next gift, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's a baptism of fire. It took place on the day of Pentecost. Amen. Where fire literally appeared on their heads. You know what? You know how people got there? Jesus said, go wait for the promise of my father. All right. That's an instruction. Everyone who listened to that instruction, there was 120 of them. Right. They gathered in this room and they waited for the promise of the father. They didn't know what was going to happen. But Jesus said, be there. So I'm here. Right. And after about 50 days, day of Pentecost came. Boom. Sound from heaven, wind, filled the house, filled the place, fire on their heads, people speaking in languages they never learned or studied. Why? Because that's a spiritual gift. 
All you got to be is born again to have it. God wants you to have it. Paul said, I thank my God I speak in tongues more than y'all. He was from the south. He said, I speak in tongues more than y'all. Amen? Come on. Talking in tongues is a great benefit to the body of Christ. Amen? And if you're here tonight and you would like this gift, God wants you to have it. God has already made a way for you to get it. It is already yours. All you've got to do is receive it. Amen? If that's you, I would I want to welcome you to come and receive that gift. Amen? Other gifts that God gives is he gives healing. He gives strength. Amen? What, what did you come in here needing tonight? Whatever you came in here needing, wanting, or desiring, God's got it. Hallelujah. Let's, let's follow him to receive from the Father. You know, Jesus never told his Father, oh, I don't want that, I don't want that, I don't want that. You know, God gives you a buffet. You can have everything on the buffet. You won't gain any weight. Amen. You can eat as much as you want. Glory to God. Because there's no side effects. Hallelujah. Just good side effects. Really. So I believe that there's some people here that need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I know it's, 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 it's a brave thing to, to come on up. But you know what? Jesus was brave. Let's follow him in his bravery. Let's follow him in, in stepping up and receiving what God wants us to have. Amen? Anybody need to be whole in your body? Come on and get whole. Anybody needs to be fixed in your body? Come and get fixed. Amen? If the body's not working like it should be, it was broken, God can fix it. He's got tools and parts, and he's got no supply line delay. Amen? It's here right now for you. Come on, am I talking to someone tonight? It's time to come and get what you came in here for. What you need, what you want, and what you desire. If it's direction, 